God just wants me to understand that my worth is solely in Him. My identity is not I am an athlete, or my identity is not I am a coach. My identity is I am God's daughter. Hello everyone, my name is Cassie Andreas, and on today's episode of Identifying the Purpose of You, I'm very excited to be welcoming my soccer coach, Emily Dressel. I only recently got to know her through soccer this past year, but I'm so thankful for the relationship we've built in such a short time period. Um, Today we will be talking about how she came to know her true worth and identity amidst this crazy world. Thank you so much for joining us, and please enjoy our very first episode of Identifying the Purpose of You. Russell. Good. Thank you so much for joining me on the first episode of my podcast. I'm calling it Identifying the Purpose of You, and I'm really excited to hear your perspective on worth and identity and purpose and stuff like that. So should we start off with you introducing yourself? Sounds good. My name is Emily Dressel, and I am a teacher at Altoona High School. And I have been a teacher there for seven years. This will be my eighth year that I'm heading into. And I've been an assistant girls tennis coach for six years. This will be my seventh. And then I was the head girls soccer coach for six years. And I got married to my husband, Tyler, at the very end of 2014. So we've been married for a little bit more than six and a half years. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's pretty much me <laughs> for, uh, for an introduction. <laughs> um, where did you go to college or schooling? I grew up in Wausau, Wisconsin, and I graduated from Wausau East High School. Mm-hmm. And then I went to college here at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Oh, nice. So I just want to start out every episode by asking each person, like, how would you define the term identity? Because that's, like, such a big thing right now in, like, social media and stuff like that because, I don't know, it's just, like, a confusing topic. So how would you define it, like, based off your beliefs and stuff like that? Well, it's hard for me to always believe this, but my my identity is in christ Mm -hmm. and being his daughter but the world always wants to pull me and satan always wants to pull me to believe that it's in what i do yeah and how well i do something Mm -hmm. or um how i look or how i think other people think i look right or how much money i make i mean the list goes on and on and on but Really, my identity is in Christ and what he says about me. And the more and more I am able to live that out and experience that, the more my life is just full of peace. For sure, yeah. Yeah, this world makes it so hard because it's, like, everywhere. Like, every, it feels like everyone is just screaming at you. But it's, like, it's so hard to hear God's voice through it all. But he's definitely there. And, yeah. And it's the most firm foundation you can have. Um, So what do you think about, like, society's definition of it? Well, it's chaotic, Mm -hmm. I think. Kind of like we've both mentioned in the last minute or two. Mm -hmm. And 
causes stress and anxiety and fear and um, I think makes us look for control in our own lives instead of instead of just wanting to follow God and trust in his plan for us Mm -hmm. um and yeah it just it pulls us in a lot of different directions which is what makes it chaotic and it really pulls us away from both what's going to please God, but also what's going to be satisfying for us yeah. in our life. For sure, definitely. So more of, like, a personal question, but, like, how did you get into coaching and teaching? Like, what inspired you to do that? Well, in high school, I wasn't a Christian yet, and I just... I, I knew a lot about teaching because my mom was a teacher... My grandma was a teacher. My aunt was a teacher. Uh, there might have been some other people too, but it was it was a little bit of a family occupation. And so even though I started out with a few different options of what I could do, it ended up just boiling back down to teaching. And I think it was honestly just a God-given passion in my heart because... Yeah. I I don't really I don't really know why else I would have liked it except that I knew a lot about it and I knew that I enjoyed math and it was something that was like very black and white even though it's challenging you knew that there was an answer right and I really really liked that um because it wasn't like I have to describe this English passage or I have to think about history and how it applies to my life or any of those other sort of subjects. Um, And I also really connected with several of the male math teachers that I had in high school. And Mm. I think just their encouragement and how well I got along with them just also propelled me to continue to want to pursue math education. Um. And then as for coaching, I really, really enjoy sports. Mm -hmm. And I figured that being a teacher and a coach would kind of go hand in hand. I didn't necessarily think I would get into coaching as soon as I did. So Mm -hmm. I only had one year of teaching experience under my belt before I decided to be a coach. Mm -hmm. And that was totally a God thing, too, because... I think I was, um, I had just finished up going on a run and I ended up going by the 10th street tennis courts here in Altoona. And, um, basically I went over there because I saw a bunch of high schoolers playing and I knew that I knew some of them and it was a great opportunity to say hello. Mm -hmm. And while I was over there, the head coach was outside the fence because it was a captain's practice or something. And he was like just talking to me and I didn't know him at all, but he was a, or he is a PE teacher at the middle school. And we just started talking. He asked me my experience with tennis and I told him that I played here at Eau Claire for three years on the women's tennis team. And after a couple of minutes, he asked me if I would want to be his assistant coach because he was looking for somebody. And I was just kind of shocked, but I ended up 
seeking a little bit of counsel and everybody was like, I mean, you love kids and you love tennis, yeah. so why not try it out? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that sounds good. And then <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool because I ended up getting to go to team state with the girls. And That's awesome. We, yeah, and we, we hadn't been to team state in seven years or so, but just my first year coaching. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we got to go do that. And so God just uh, allowed me to go on on that journey when when I hadn't had any previous experience with the team, I guess. Um, and then that same year, so also my second year teaching, was when Altuna was going to get a soccer team for the first time. Heck yeah. And, yeah, yeah, heck yeah, that's right. And I don't necessarily remember how I found that out, but I remember seeing Altuna's athletic director in the hallway one day and just asked him if he had a coach yet. And he said, well, I have somebody that's interested, but staff members get first choice Mm. and so I said well I would try it out I don't have any experience as a coach anyway I played soccer through my freshman year of high school and my husband also really enjoys soccer he played a year in college and he's willing to help me out so we ended up getting that position when we really had no business getting it (laughs) (laughs) Um, except God trumps all of that. Right, so, right. <laughs> um, but like on paper, we we didn't really have any business, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of how that happened. That's awesome. Yeah. So what? Like you said, you weren't a Christian before. How did? Like, what is your personal testimony? Let's see. I always struggle with like where to start. Yeah. Because, you know, God is. Before you actually, like, give your life to Christ, God's always been working, and I'm sure in ways that we couldn't even describe. (laughs) Um, But I did, so I grew up in going to a Catholic church, and I would say in that experience, I learned a lot about God, Mm -hmm. like, just kind of facts. Right, right, right. And, but not, not how to have a relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. So I went through CCD every, not every Sunday, actually. I think it was once a month, but it would be for about three hours, which was a really long time. Yeah. And I remember not, usually not wanting to go because it was so long. Right. Um, My favorite part about it was, seeing a few of my friends and then we would get donut holes for snack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I learned about God and I was, or I, what is it? I had a first communion mm. and then I got confirmed. And then after I got confirmed when I was a freshman in high school, I, I chose to not really go to church a ton. I think most of the times that I would go would be when my brother was either at a hockey tournament and I would stay back in town with my grandparents Mm. and then I would go to church with them. Um, but part of my testimony to, um, 
is a little bit about my dad passing away right mm-hmm. before I went to high school the summer before that and really just I don't know, not having a fa- like a earthly father anymore right. and mm-hmm. um, struggling with anxiety and fear and just loss I guess and not not feeling like I had a purpose or like an identity anymore because Mm -hmm. I found a lot of my identity and how much my dad loved me and my connection with him yeah and a lot of security actually in him and so when he passed away that was that was really hard and how I chose to dealt with that at the time was just continue to throw myself into sports Mm -hmm. and be a three-sport athlete and be always doing something Mm -hmm. um then that kind of came tumbling down because I got I got injured my freshman year of no yeah, I think it was my freshman. No, it was my sophomore year. I think <laughs> I don't know. It was. I think it was my sophomore year of high school. Yeah. So I did. I did play. Yeah, I did play soccer through my sophomore year, but I got injured, so I only played in like three games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an injury that was caused from overuse, uh. basically, and so that kind of that kind of forced me to choose. Okay, well, tennis is kind of the only safe sport for me right now and so that was all I played my last two years of high school which gave me a lot more time to start thinking about things and kind of letting things catch up to me Mm -hmm. so I dealt with quite a bit of anxiety in high school and and really I did up until probably 2016 um but that being said, when I went to college, I ended up meeting some friends that also grew up in the Catholic faith and then um, came to know Christ through some college campus ministries here at Eau Claire. Mm-hmm. And I, one of them specifically I had grown up with, we lived about a block and a half away from each other, but we ended up going to different schools. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't, we didn't see each other basically once we started going to middle school and then high school. And she chose a very different path externally, but we were both, I think, struggling with the same things like right. identity mm-hmm. and security and anxiety and all those sort of things. Um, whereas I chose to focus it um, sports and school she chose the same things but still was like she kind of got into alcohol oh. a little bit and mm-hmm. um, some relationships with boys that weren't super healthy and that's really all I knew about her so mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't really talk a lot but when I saw her the um, the summer after our freshman year of college I knew that she was a lot different and it was just interesting to hang out with her and then just reconnect with her, I guess. Yeah. And so then that next year, which was our sophomore year, she was inviting me to 
one of the one of the college campus ministries and ultimately I gave my life to Christ at one of those meetings when um, the MC was talking about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus by just um, acknowledging that you've sinned and you've fallen short and Mm -hmm. he can take all of God's wrath and he already did take all of God's wrath for you but you just have to accept his sacrifice basically and so it was a it was amazing and kind of funny because I remember not telling anybody about it um and I don't know if I don't know if my friend group maybe already thought that I already had or what what happened but like two months later I was asked to be a Bible study leader the next year with that same organization and so god just kind of put me on this fast track yeah of uh just becoming an evangelist and a um i don't know somebody that shares the gospel with yeah, like yeah. <laughs> so that's that's so cool i love that yeah yeah and then i think the next summer, so the summer after my junior year, I ended up going on a mission trip for 10 weeks in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And basically, our purpose there was just to get jobs. So it was all of us, all of us were college students, and there were about 100 of us, I think. And our, our purpose was to get jobs so that we could build relationships with coworkers, mm-hmm. share the gospel with them. And then on our off time, when we weren't working, we would be like in Bible studies with each other or having weekly meetings, or we would be going out sharing the gospel on the beach because we were where we lived was maybe a half a block from the beach entrance. So we would just walk there and try to get in conversations with people that were just hanging out. And then the next summer after that, I took another step further and I went to Australia for six weeks on a mission trip. And that one, we didn't get a job because we weren't there for a long enough time. But basically we teamed up with the, with the same college campus ministry that we were affiliated with and we, uh, I don't know, tried to start gospel conversations on uh, campuses in Brisbane. So, you know, some cool stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds so, like, fulfilling. Definitely was. Yeah. It was very faith-building. Yeah, I bet. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the whole, like, sports thing where, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're just, like, your identity is sports, and then you get hurt. Like, that is, I feel like that's such a, like, typical thing, but it's, like, so it cool. Is. It's, like, it's, like, God just really wants you so badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool to hear those stories, and, yeah, that's so awesome that you got involved, like, right away. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it takes people a while, usually, but that's so cool that he just set up those, like, perfect times. Yeah, like every, and what was really cool too is 
there were three large campus ministries at the at UW Eau Claire, and I think every single one of them played a part in my coming to Christ. Oh, that's so cool. So that was really cool. Like I had my my RA or my resident assistant that I had first semester of my freshman year. She was the one that first shared the gospel with me. And then a different RA in that same resident hall was was one that invited me to a Bible study that she led, and they both were a part of different ministries. <laughs> and then the third one is the one where I accepted Christ mm. at a meeting that, that they were holding. And then that that's the one that I chose to, like, stick with because... Yeah. The most most of my friends that were my age were in that same one, but it was it was cool that like all three of them were were a part of that. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, that's so cool. Um, so I mean, you kind of already covered this, but like, what struggles have you encountered throughout your life in knowing your worth and identity? Well, like we just talked about, being an athlete mm-hmm. and finding my identity in whether in what shape I'm in. Yeah. That is still a struggle to this day. Hmm. Um, but I've experienced a lot of freedom, even recently, um, in the last few years, like how God just wants me to understand that my worth is solely in him. It's mm-hmm. like my identity is not I am an athlete or my identity is not I am a coach. Like, that's not my identity. My identity is I am God's daughter. Mm-hmm. That's my identity. And yeah. it's interesting because I think there's sometimes when I can know what identity I'm living out because of how I act when I'm in competition. Mm. So specifically, um, if I'm at tennis practice, let's say, and I'm playing against one of my athletes to just help them improve and give them give them more practice playing a set or something like that and I can tell that I'm living out of my identity as an athlete and a coach when I when I start to get really nervous and I think well, I'm not good enough if I don't beat my athlete <laughs> because <laughs> I should have, I should, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's the lie anyway, that I should and that that's what matters. Yeah. But what really matters is that I'm there for them and I'm just giving it my all to help them improve. Right. And it doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter whether, whether I win or lose. What really matters is that I'm helping them and that I'm having a good attitude and showing good character and good sportsmanship. Exactly. So there's one example. And then another example is if I'm playing either indoor soccer with just on in like a women's league, mm-hmm. or if I'm playing co-ed soccer in a parks and rec league and there was one time almost two years ago where I was playing in a women's indoor soccer league game and I was just 
getting really frustrated. And I remember going up to this girl after the play had already been over, but she had almost tripped me or I don't know what happened, but I just went up and I like hip checked her. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and the, the ref said, hey, hey, like watch it. And, you know, yeah. she's she's getting all upset. And I just was like, oh, my gosh, that is terrible. I, I think I don't know that I even went back in the rest of the game because mm-hmm. I'm just like, that is not how I want to represent Christ You're or right. just represent my team and all these other things. So I haven't played indoor soccer since then. And I, I maybe could go, I could probably go back to it now and not be, I wouldn't be that same way, but that is a perfect example of just having my identity be in how well I'm playing soccer or something other than in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that like reminds me of that one verse that talks about like, hold your thoughts captive and like like just being able to like wait wait a second this is not how I want to represent Jesus right now like it's so hard to do like I had to do that during um we had the fair this past week and I didn't get as much money as everyone else and so that was really hard to be happy for people and so that's really yeah that's definitely a thing that I struggle with as well and I think a lot of people do yes definitely a work in progress all the time yes for sure um, so how have you seen, like, those those same kind of struggles, like, within the classroom and on your sports teams and stuff, like, the people that you're teaching? Well, on my sports teams, I see it a lot in work ethic mm. and just mental endurance, specifically when people aren't having as good of a day playing their sport Mm -hmm. and whether or not they continue to give their best effort. Yes. I think that's, that's a big thing. And, and whether or not they allow that effort, sorry, whether or not they allow their performance to affect their effort or to really like Mm -hmm. stop them from performing as best they can, because the reality is, even though we don't like it, we're not always going to perform to the best of our ability or even to, like, our average normal ability. Right. There's going to be days that we just don't, and we don't like it. Hmm. But what you do with with those days, I think, shows... I don't know what you what you truly what, or what my athletes truly find valuable. Whether it's like, is it winning that they really find valuable in those days, or is it always giving their best effort, or mm-hmm. is it making sure that they show positive body language, or is it keeping their head high because mm-hmm. they know that this what they're doing isn't their identity. Um, so that's where I most see it. I guess in sports. And then, I mean, that translates to how they treat their teammates or their opponent. It all just kind of rolls into that. Yeah. And then in the classroom, I see it a lot more with, I 
guess it's honestly the same. It's it's the effort that people put yeah. in because if my students are making mistakes and that stops them from continuing to work on something, mm-hmm. that tells me that either they think that their worth is in how how well or how correct they are in their math abilities or like how well or how often they get a problem right Mm -hmm. or if their identity is in just learning and how they like to learn and how that's that should be their primary goal in school even though that's not what culture says sometimes yeah so I think effort Mm -hmm. is is a big teller of what my students and my athletes see as their identity. And I think one of the saddest parts for me is knowing that a lot of my athletes and my students don't have the opportunity to see their identity in Christ because they don't know him yet. Yeah. And so asking God to use me to encourage them wherever they're at spiritually to just work their hardest and tell them that I believe in them and that they can do anything they put their mind to. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be challenges along the way and they're going to make mistakes, but those mistakes are opportunities for them to learn and get better. Does that answer your question? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I definitely see that in a lot of my classmates as well. And just like, I, it, it pains me to see people who start to beat themselves up over it and think that they're not good at something or they're just not smart. It's like, yeah, and they just go down into a rabbit hole and it's hard to watch. Definitely. Definitely. And mm-hmm. I think, I think, actually I know the teachers and coaches also do the same thing. Yeah. We're, we're very much similar where as a teacher, we can put this expectation on ourselves mm-hmm. that we shouldn't make any mistakes or it's bad if a student corrects us mm-hmm. or we should always have the right words to say to explain a concept well or whatever. I mean, the narrative can continue. Mm-hmm. But it's a struggle for everyone in a different capacity. You know, we're all, like, at a certain point on our journey. Yeah. With with the idea of having a growth mindset, I think, is what it comes down to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what advice would you have for anyone who's dealing with that kind of stuff? Well, as much as mistakes aren't what we want I've always learned the most from mistakes that I've made yeah for sure and as painful as they are I've always seen the most growth (laughs) from them too Mm -hmm. um and then the other thing oh the other thing that is is becoming more normal as our culture becomes more and more aware of mental health is the saying that you should never say something to yourself that you wouldn't say to a friend. Exactly. And 
it's it's cool how that's becoming i guess less of a spiritual thing Mm -hmm. and more of a cultural norm yeah um but that's something that that helps me quite often if i think something about myself and then have the wherewithal to go what i say that to my husband Mm-hmm. Or what I say that to my mom, or what I say that to a student, right. and the answer is no, then, well, I probably shouldn't say it to myself. Or I can just negate that thought altogether because it's not kind, and it's yeah. not it's not encouraging, and it's mm-hmm. not something that's going to keep me motivated. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Also, I would just say that it's a daily battle, if not even an hourly battle, mm-hmm. or a second a battle that you have to face every second, but making sure to put on God, God's armor every day yes. is huge. And mm-hmm. it's honestly something that I, that I think about, like, I don't know what the word is, is like in intervals. Like, there's times where I will just completely forget about God's armor. Mm-hmm. And then a certain amount of time later, it'll become, like, this new realization to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny because it's always there. It's And it's always something that's so important. Just to, like, honestly, it's it's the most important thing. Yes. Um, and then the other, that other part of Ephesians six, where it talks about, um, God's armor is that our battles are not against flesh and blood Yeah. because that's another way where I think our identity can become really blurred is when we, we start thinking that our battles are against other people, mm-hmm. whether it's, whether it's co-workers or students or athletes or just people in my daily life that I'm struggling to have a relationship with my battle is not against them yeah but it's against um the spiritual evils Mm -hmm. and the things that they are struggling with are spiritual whether or not they know it yeah and that really puts it in perspective for me a lot just Mm -hmm. to go, okay, as much as this person is really hard to get along with right now or to talk with right now, I need to kind of put aside my picture of them and realize, okay, what is really the struggle here? Mm -hmm. Is it their struggle? Is it the fact that they're struggling with addiction or they're struggling with anger or they're struggling with sexual identity. Mm-hmm. What is it that's going on? That is what I'm really upset at, but because it's not actually them. Yeah. It's, it's something spiritual. And that, that really frees me a lot. If I can come to that place or that realization. Yeah, for sure. I think like, yeah, it's like, 
god knows exactly who this person is even though i have no idea like they're just another person to me but like when you really like think about how god knows them and knows every single thing that's happening in their life and knows their story like it's so mind-blowing it's like god loves them just like he loves me and yeah and i think like back to what you were saying about how um like beating yourself up or like thinking harshly on yourself like it's also helpful to like well, God created me, and I'm saying all these bad things about myself that he created, like, just, like, kind of insulting God in a way, and so that's, like, that works for me, too, it's like, oh, shoot, <laughs> whoops. Yeah, 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 that's a good point, if, if God tells us not to insult people that he's created, that includes us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, are, yeah, are there any other things you would like to add? No, I just thank you for having me on your episode. I'm yeah. excited to hear it when, when you edit it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know God's going to use it for awesome things, so I'm yeah. just excited to hear about that. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. I'm glad that I stopped procrastinating and actually started something. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. John fifteen sixteen says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. That's all we have for this episode. Thank you, Coach Dressel, and thank you listeners for being a part of this. I hope you enjoyed our time together, and I also hope to see you all again for the next one. Have an awesome day.